0: Big Bang Theory.
1: Give me some outsiders. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it, and then I watched it.
0: Hello, welcome to Bigger Van Capes. I'm Zach. This is our June 2022 Indie Comics Roundup. And uh, I'm joined by Angela, Matt, and Will. Sup.
2: Sup. Hello. <laughs> Responding kind. <laughs> sup. People still using SUP. I don't know if that's enough people, but <laughs> I, I <do.
1: laughs>
2: They, I think the '90s are back again, aren't they? It's not the.
0: So they never went thing.
1: away. I think they you
0: tell went. me that every time we record a podcast,
3: but I, I think Angela just wants to believe it because it means that Valiant, like it's it's. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's, it's 1994 and nothing hurts. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> but everybody. Uh, it's before yeah, the. Sometimes. It's before the Acclaim acquisition.
1: It has to be. Yeah, it's a very specific period of the '90s. <laughs>
0: Ah, 94 through through 97 The good old days
1: Those are the ones, best years of my life
3: Hey, like um, Blue Album and (laughs) (laughs) Pinkerton Yeah Yeah, yeah
0: Incidentally I've been listening To loads of 90s music This last week, specifically like
2: 94 95, so
3: So so that you can travel back in time with Angela Yeah yeah.
2: He's still compiling your um, best of every year.
0: I am. How did you know? <laughs> um, you got an
2: because I knew you'd be doing it forever and it's <laughs> still within that time frame.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm doing it in like no particular order so I'm basically picking years at random. Um, That's so seems I, psychotic. <laughs> the idea of going to, of going front to back on this though like 91 to 2022 mm-hmm. just just felt like it was going to get increasingly depressing. You know, you know what I mean? If if I realised, mm. like, hey, the 90s were pretty good, then hit the, the mid-1000s, was like, ah, oh, these were the years, though. And then I would realise I was old um, and bleak for most of my 20s and then realize i I'm, like, on the up again now. And I didn't want to do that because I'm, I'm painfully aware of that already. So... <laughs> um, so you're going to fool yourself with a mixed order. Yeah, I'm, I'm shaking it up a little. I'm living All in right. the moment. I'm about halfway. I've done... Fifteen of the years in no particular order. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know know some stuff. I've Mm. made some decisions. Have you done
3: 1995 yet, then?
0: I'm halfway through 1995. So, have you listened to Liquid Swords um, again yet? No, that's not on my list, but it could be. It should be on your list.
3: It's absolutely killer. (laughs) Um,
0: I've gotten stuck in the... Uh, Heights of 95's Britpop, Mm. Um, I've got the incredibly lukewarm take that actually, despite everyone in Manchester moaning about them all the time, uh, Oasis are actually really good. And what makes them bad is people with acoustic guitars covering them when that discredits the fact that on the album they've got like a string quartet in the background and really high production <laughs> values,
1: <laughs>
2: thus making them very good. Yeah, it's just oversaturation for me, man. Like, I.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: I'm just it's everywhere.
0: Absolutely,
2: absolutely dumb.
0: I, I think the world needs just one What's the Story Morning Glory every like five years, just as a casual reminder. <laughs> it's my advice.
3: So, talking of projects that are forever ongoing, has your uh, ECW uh, rewatch? Oh, I caved on that again. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I
0: jumped forward and tried to do the ECW revival rewatch. God, um, ECW on Sci-Fi. ECW on Sci-Fi, you know it well. Um, got about six months into that
3: before life wasn't worth was living. You were just like, <laughs> they can't take the belt away from the Big Show. He's the extreme giant. I won't be watching
0: it it after this. It it just gets increasingly worse every week until... And then you watch the pay-per-view matches and it's worse. And then you question why you're doing this to yourself. And then you start watching random episodes of Raw to kind of pad it out. And that's bad. Uh, So in in conclusion, uh, ECW... WWE CW, The Revival, is a land of contrasts. I can't tell if Matt's still with us. <laughs>
3: I'm here, I'm here. Um, so, shall we uh, move on to, like, news and general catch-up? News and sitch. Sure. Uh,
0: news and such. Would you like your news or your general catch-up first? Oh, uh, News.
1: Because well, oh, I'm, I'm the one with the news. Um, so yeah, um, those of you who've been following this podcast for a while and may have heard us mention Valiant, don't know why. Um, but they had a film, Bloodshot. We did an entire podcast on that particular film, wasn't good, but they're pressing on with their cinematic universe. Um, and they have got a new person in to direct and rewrite, which is Not at all worrying, is it? Um, (laughs) Harbinger, which is at Paramount Pictures, not Sony. Um, So Wes Ball was doing it, but he has stepped down to focus on the Planet of the Apes, which is a much better known and probably more successful film series. Can't we thought... Another Planet of the
2: Apes. Yeah. Focus you on making yeah. one, or is he just going to focus on the film, The Planet of the Apes? Well,
1: just gonna <laughs> yeah,
3: He's just going to
2: think about
1: it.
3: He's just going to think about that time when on, when there's the battle on, where they're all on the where they're all on the buses in London.
1: That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, apparently, it's deep in pre-production, which suggests it's a bit further on than Harbinger, which is still it's in development. Which, of course, you know, means many things. So, the person who has now been tasked with trying to bring this thing. Into the marvelousness of pre production, um, is Paul Downs Colazo Kali Kolaizo? I can't pronounce his surname, I apologize. It's spelt C O L A I Z Z O. Answers on a postcard as to how Calizo? you pronounce it. Kaliso will do, we'll call it I'm not that. Throw my hat into the ring. The question Anyways, mark is
0: silent, but
1: all to his friends, um. He is best known for writing and directing the Sundance uh, film Brittany Runs a Marathon, mm-hmm. starring Gillian Bell. I'm guessing nobody here saw that. Um, it was acquired by Amazon Prime Video. Mm. So that went well. Um, yeah, but that's that's all we can say about that. He's done a film that was popular at Sundance and went to Amazon Um the producers are Neil Moritz and Toby Jeff, and Dan Mintz is producing for Valiant Entertainment. Um, I'll believe there will be a Harbinger film when I'm sat in the cinema watching the end credits, and not before. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you said that about Bloodshot and... Uh, I go and yeah, I was deal. sad.
1: pandemic nearly got me off the hook, because I never actually sat in <laughs> film. <day.
3: laughs> yeah, so you, since you've not been in the cinema, you still don't believe that the Bloodshot I, film happened. No.
1: Yeah. It was a fever dream we all had. It was a collective fever dream. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I don't. I don't think it realistically is going to happen. Changing your was it writer and director?
1: Yes, yeah, he's, he's in. It, in fact, really it doesn't actually insane. say that he's confirmed. It just says he's in talks to direct and rewrite. So, um, deadline. That
3: that did happen to like Ant Man. Yeah, uh, and stuff with, Ed, with Edgar Wright. That's all those
1: right. were more talented people involved.
0: Harsh. <laughs> Marvel yeah, are DL. I don't want to say Marvel are more
2: committed than Valiant to making <laughs> films, but It's the truth to it, isn't it? They're seeing more they're seeing more return. Um I mean it it, it suggests that it is somewhere still alive, so that's something.
1: Mm. someone at Paramount is kicking it around. Yeah. Will it happen? Who's to say? Do I have
2: caught up on a... Sorry, Angela.
1: Apparently Planet of the Apes is happening again. I think that's (laughs) really the big takeaway. Carry on, Will. That's
2: that's the biggest news. I've caught up on a few um, comic book TV and cinema things I had missed. Currently up to date on The Boys. Mm. um, I rewatched the first two series of Umbrella Academy in preparation for the third series which I've only watched a little bit of so far. I think they've both been really good adaptations. Um, I th- I've heard quite a few complaints, as ever, that when they move away from the source material, that it's immediately negative. But I can't imagine why you just want the same thing twice. Um, so I think they've both made interesting changes.
0: As someone who absolutely adored Umbrella Academy when it started, you know, 100 years ago... Yeah, <laughs> it's um, time. TV shows
2: better. There's there's, yeah. n- there's no real space to argue it. It's it's better. I think that's I think that is right. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I think I, I think it's sort of <laughs> it's rewritten it's it's rewritten its plot in a more like interesting way. I think the individual characters have more depth to them. Yeah. Um. I still I still enjoy the comic and I think it's still like a great basis for new ideas. But yeah, I think mm, the TV definitely. show like properly captures it and uh and last night i watched dr strange 2 for the first time
3: well, what do you think
2: i actually quite enjoyed it man i thought um i think it got quite quite a bit of stinky press um so i think my expectations weren't massive but um it has oh, i've just done a mind blank um who directed it sam raimi thank you It has a lot of Sam Raimiisms in it that I think uh, Mm. elevate it. It's got a lot of um, a surprising amount of horror in it for a Marvel film. Um, A few like quite comedic beats. I think there is a a heavy use of CGI that sometimes looks a bit a bit crappy. But I also think, yeah, better than I expected. I actually thought it was uh, pretty good. A lot of quite um, inventive uses for how magic sort of operates. In the Marvel mm. universe that isn't just firing fireballs at each other of different of varying colours. I
0: mean, yeah.
2: There's more going on.
0: I I really liked it. Um, my only complaint really was that I think it quite it does quite a lot in not much time and I think might have suited like the TV show format a little bit more. Sure. Um I can hear that. But I still had a good time. Um I've been getting texts from people since it went up on Disney Plus. Um just complaining endlessly about it and I've uh, just not really been answering those people.
2: But <laughs> Yeah. I can't see why you'd have too big a problem with it. Like it's not it's not one of the very best MCU films. No. But it's it's a real fun watch. Like it zips by um Yeah, definitely. There are some fun cameos that might lead to mm. other stuff, but I also like that they kind of introduce the Illuminati and then do away with the Illuminati in a <laughs> pretty short order.
0: In, in about a 20-minute span, if memory serves.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it didn't take I'm them long. trying to think, like, I think I've still not seen it yet. Um, did really enjoy Everything Everywhere all at once, though. That was, was great. great. Mm-hmm.
0: Still no, not seen, seen it. Great.
3: I need to see it. You really should. Um, if you want to see a really excellent, like, kind of multiverse movie mm-hmm. uh, go and see everything everywhere all at once like and go in knowing as little as possible mm, I um, I, I'd been excited for it for months before it uh, before it came out mm. and like after like friends and people I kind of knew in America uh, wouldn't shut up about it. And I still somehow managed to avoid, like, pretty much everything um, uh, about it. So, yeah, go, go and see it. Uh, and if if you do, I promise I'll finally watch uh, Doctor Strange or some other thing you want me to watch.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I, th- I think my current problem, and I think I've mentioned this on other podcasts, is that I have just retired from the world of cinemas. Yeah,
3: I get that. I, like... I am. God, I'm, I was like, how much of a pretentious prick do I want to be? <laughs> do I want to call myself a cineast? Um, <laughs> I don't. think, I think you, you do. do. No, no, no don't um, go there. Like, but I, I'm someone. I I enjoy going to the cinema to see a film of a of like a specific of, of something that really appeals to me. Um, though I did also watch, um, a, uh, recently a film that really appealed to me that I was really disappointed with. I discovered, um, that there was a Canon, uh, a Canon pictures, uh, movie that had Peter Weller in it. Um, and I was like, okay, this, this better be, this better be good. And it was like a three star film at best and I was so sad because I was like it's Peter Weller he's playing like a mercenary it's a canon movie so there's gonna be like more squibs than you could ever imagine (laughs) um like someone's going to get like Robocop without the without like being rebuilt um but it was basically like the movie Ishtar (laughs) Uh, in the end, with some with some canon-level violence, rather than being, like, um, American Samurai or um, any of the other good ones. Because I'm just trying to remember some of the actual names of them because I've nicknamed so many of them. Like, one of them I just refer to as Turkish Bloodsport um, because it's Bloodsport basically set in Turkey. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I am broken, and features the title who my like. Itself features a guy who looks like the Berserker from WWF at one point. Um, and good, uh, I love that. Um,
0: uh, right. Um, so, yeah. Th- this has just put me on to, and Matt is the most likely candidate here, but I recently re-watched Vampire's Kiss. Yep. And apparently everyone I speak to just hasn't seen it. Oh, great movie. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Bad movie made by Nicolas Cage's really, really over the top acting.
3: It's he, his manic energy in it elevates an otherwise like it's a terrible mediocre vampire movie. film. <laughs> um, yeah, barely a vampire film. Like everyone, just about everyone will have seen like the the bits where he does like the A B C D. Um with the little piano and stuff like the little piano music behind it and stuff like. Um but it's unfortunately it's a lot longer than that. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh it's like longer than it's, I remember it being. It's um, like an hour forty, maybe? I think something like that. And it's available it's cage. on one streaming service right now.
3: Was, streaming service being Apple TV. Oh, nice. Why would oh. you need a streaming service for it? I own it on DVD. Uh, because <laughs> I, I wanted it on Blu-ray, obviously. Is it available <laughs> on Blu-ray? <laughs>
0: oh, oh, only in Germany and Spain, and the cost of that plus the import seemed <laughs> extortionate versus yeah.
3: i I'm still Apple waiting. for once. I'm still waiting for them to release uh, Gigli on Blu-ray so I can send it to you. <laughs> and that's all we've got time for this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if I've done anything interesting myself this week. I've mostly just been recovering from, uh, from dental surgery. Um, so I've been sleeping a lot. And when I've been awake, um, I've just been on a lot of painkillers. So that's an excellent way to say that I think I reread some Berserk again um, because, like, being in kind of a phantasmagoric state um, is pretty good um, for looking at like um, hell, like, uh, interesting hellscapes.
2: <laughs> I mean,
3: <laughs> you take the wrong psychedelics, and that is a bad
2: time. An important
0: message for everyone at home also awesome, right my psychedelics <laughs> kids i like how you've made this into like a you know
2: public information
0: video <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: it's about it's not about not doing drugs it's about doing the right drugs yes and on that bombshell <laughs> <laughs> Should we
0: Speaking talk about comics? Or does someone let's talk have about some comics to say. Yeah,
3: yeah, let's talk comics.
1: Yeah, sweet. Black drugs in many ways,
3: <laughs> more expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, less
2: use out of them.
0: <laughs> um. On that note, so we're, this is our June roundup. We've picked somewhat at random four books because there's quite a lot that's come out in June.
1: Tons. Yeah. Um, lot.
0: I'm gonna go first and I'm gonna introduce Beware the Eye of Odin, number one from Image Comics. Uh it is written by Doug Wagner, it is drawn by Tim Odland, it is coloured by Michelle Madsen, lettered by Ed Jukesha and designed by Erica Schnatz. And is the first Doug Wagner book I've read that isn't ag- about some kind of modern-day killing spree. So I guess, in a way, he's growing as a person.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, this is, as the title suggests, quite Norse mythology-heavy. Um, but seemingly no Thor, so I guess, in, in, in a way, that's, that's an achievement. Um mm, it's fresh.
1: No Thor yet.
0: No Thor yet. <laughs> Thor gets a first <laughs> page true. mention, naturally. Um, but no Thor as of the first like 40 pages or whatever this is. Uh follows Prince Helgi as he has come into possession of the eye of Odin, which unless he gets rid of by giving it back to his rightful owner by the next new moon, next full moon, next
1: yeah. The next next new
0: moon. Yeah. Uh, He'll die horribly, as one does, um, I assume. And he sets out on his mission to give away the eye. Well, give back the eye. Uh, Joined by... Steiger? Stinger? Curtis Steiger? Stiger. Uh, I don't know. I thought Matt's going to weigh in here with an accurate Norse pronunciation. Sorry, I'm trying to remember... Uh, I'd say m- maybe Steger. Steger? Yeah, Steger feels right. Um, Steger, who is the one-armed blacksmith weapon-making type who arms himself with a anvil on a chain, and, yeah, not a bad shout. Incidentally, you can buy an anvil on Amazon for about 130 quid. That is unrelated knowledge I have gained in the last that's few days.
3: Lot, that's a lot cheaper than I would have expected.
0: <laughs> um, there's different sizes. I think that's, well, yeah, a, I think yeah, yeah. that's 50 kilograms, but oh, I, I like... still like the idea of getting one delivered just to screw with the neighbour downstairs. A, a good mate of mine is a blacksmith.
1: Christmas present, there you go.
0: Comes in a variety of colours as well. you got options.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, putting an anvil on a chain, very much something I can do for about 200 quid. Um. Sounds legit leave that with me. Uh, but that, that's that's a weapon in this, big fan. Uh, and Cadlin, who is a woman who believes she's a Valkyrie, who also rides a giant warthog thing at one point in this. and
3: it's A boar.
0: Boar, boar, boar hog. Uh, of course. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that... What, you show me the difference between a warthog and a boar and I'll show you a liar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, there, there are also, uh, three headed troll dudes and, um, uh, little hundred folk guys. Um, and a talking mouse potentially, or is mm-hmm. Cadlin just talking to the mouse? Maybe it's, she's mad.
1: Yeah. It's unclear whether the, she's just making it up or whether the mouse is actually speaking to her.
0: But don't we all speak to our pets? Oh yeah.
1: So, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, Equally, um, Frost Giants, some of those too. Um, I'm not doing this much justice, but I really liked this. Um, it's real dumb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I mean that in the best possible way. I think, um, it's inter- like I say, it's interesting to see Doug Wagner do something that isn't kind of a bloody... Kill fest in the modern era. It's no, also it's
1: doing
3: a bloody
0: kill fest in, a in the past era. era,
1: in the north <laughs> era. Um,
0: it's also struck me because this is one of the last books I read, and I think uh, Tim Odlin's art is actually just really nice. It's kind of classic comic mm-hmm. book y, but really expressive, and really there's a good variety in character design, which I'm a big fan of. Um, I also think Michelle Madsen's colours really work And um, I'm just going to leave lettering open for Angela in a few minutes
1: I have feelings
0: (laughs) But yeah, I I was really into this pretty immediately Um, I'm always unsure what we're going to get with anything Norse mythology inspired Because Marvel kind of cornered the market on that And it feels like everyone else has to try and carve a space around it um the last that I was a big fan of was Heathen, which I think we talked about last year. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm gonna hand this one over to Will.
2: Okay, thank you. Uh, I mean I agree with you for the most part, but I think it's um I think it's pretty decent. I think the art is at the beginning I was I thought it was a little inconsistent. I felt like there was a few kind of proportional problems. But actually as the book went through, I think it gets better and better. Mm. Um, the backgrounds are really are mostly really detailed. Um, what are they call these little uh, Hundra folk, I think their design is very cool. Particularly the one that like hisses at him with the little needle teeth. Like, I think that was a really nice design. Um, I think the individual characters are pretty fun, but I I think some of the some of the beats feel a bit kind of dropped in, like the the eye itself um, the book just sort of starts and he goes, right, I've got it. And this is what I need to do. And it, it it gives you a a little bit of a monologue to kind of set you up rather than showing you Mm. how, how things got to this place. And it continues to do that a little bit where you get conversations that explain that he's this kind of cursed prince, but you don't really see how that affects his life or what that means in practice other than just being called cursed. Um, but other than that, like I think the characters are fun, and and you're right, they're varied as well. And I guess that that the the core McGuffin of having the eye, maybe that's it. Maybe that's enough like, to just get from A to B and uh, sort of have fun with these characters while doing it. Like I think some of the humor lands. I think some of the action scenes are, are really good. There is some interesting like paneling. And page structure, I think there's quite a lot to like in it. I
1: agree. Yes, I I also agree with with that. Yeah. Um. No, the chari- I really like the characters. I think you've got poor Helgi, which I did a double take because the bad guy in Time Before Time is called Helgi. So if I took me a minute, yeah. sort of go hang on a sec is this so easy? what's he like um but no i think it's really nice i think the fact that you have stiger did we how did we decide we pronounced his name stiger st- stiger thank you just go with what matt said um st- <laughs> i'm terrible at this but i liked the fact that he make his own weapon he's just like no i'll have a I'll do an anvil on a chain because why not? I've only got one arm, but I'm not going to be useless. Um, and, yeah, it was nice because, you know, Helgi's got his curse going on. He's got his, you know, fact that he lost an arm and he wants to prove himself. And then you've got Cadlin who's just completely and utterly mad, frankly. And I love her for it. It's like, yeah, you know, I'll talk to a mouse. I'll wear a cloak of feathers. Why not? Um, and because I have to, I'm just going to say, interesting lettering I'm not that familiar with Ed Duke but quite good lettering nice emphasis on certain words in speech which I enjoyed just gonna throw that out there. but yeah I liked the design. I like the fact that it draws on Norse mythology that we kind of we've pretty much all heard of Frost giants at this point. We yeah. we've all heard of Odin um generally Hundra folk I didn't know they're amazing. Let's have more of those um and also giant warthog balls so no it was fun it was even though it's quite a long one i think this is probably the longest or one of the longest of the books we've looked at this month it didn't feel that long it felt like really really nicely paced um, yeah i agree with that and yeah it never felt like i was like oh is that the end i was you know, sometimes when you have like a forty odd page first issue, you're like, Oh god, when will when will it end? Um <laughs> this should have been half the length. But here that didn't feel like that at all. It was yeah, it mm. was really well done. There was a lot that went on, but it wasn't rushed and it wasn't too slow. Um and also, yeah, I want to see more of the Mouse of the Slain, frankly, because yeah. what's going on with that? So yeah, good. I
3: So, oh. so- I fairly en- I fairly enjoyed this. Like I thought that the art um, in particular was quite a highlight. I liked, like you say, the variety of of body types and stuff that were shown. And Steger is like ungodly um, buff, yes. <laughs> um, which is cool. Um, he looks like an action figure. Like Zach, do you remember the um, the maximum sweat? um wwf action figures unfortunately i do yeah he looks like a billy gun one of those like it's terrifying um i don't mean in the face but just like the body yeah um um as someone who knows and studied like folklore and stuff there are a few things in here which are which aren't quite right so that's interesting and i generally believe that that means like it's like that that's you know deliberate rather than a a mistake as a lot of them are quite basic little things um like when it talks about um mimir as the king of the frost giants when like mimir is uh the keeper of a uh, minstruna uh, the well into which Odin cast his eye in exchange for knowledge. Um and like Louthi um is the like uh Rule of the Frost giants and stuff like that. So like stuff like that like is interesting and I'm like, oh okay that's an interesting twist that you're doing to, to this. Like mm. I I'm interested to kind of see what these little divergences mean um, in this like in a longer form uh, sort of work. And yeah, the is it was all it was all very abrupt. Um, but that's often the way with folk tales, I guess, like I'd say true. in its defense, yeah. like they yeah. often just start. We're told about the character, uh, like the, the the like the main heroic um, characters and such, and then we just go, and that's kind of what happens here. Like we are very much in medius res, uh, as like as like a frost giant's been killed, um, the eye has been taken and we therefore kind of have our like our call to action and it's a yeah it's like it's it's abrupt it's kind of sudden but it 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 works in the structure that it's trying to kind of it it works right in the in the form that it's trying to evoke i guess Mm. um i i quite enjoyed this Uh, There's. Yeah, The Hundred Folk are great. Um, It's a very nice little interpretation of them. Um, Little little smurfs. And, uh, yeah. Good Good talk. So, our next book is Do a Powerbomb! Exclamation mark. I'm sorry, I'd I do it a bit louder, but I can't really get the energy out with my mouth at the moment. Um, by, uh, well, the team of like uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, who is like writer, artist and greater. Uh, Colours by Mike Spicer and Letters by Ross Wooten, as you may have guessed from the uh, from the title. It's a wrestling book. Uh, It's a book about wrestling and family and wrestling with family (laughs) and wrestling with family. Um, And we can we open uh, on a match uh, like back backstage before like a huge match uh, between the main character. Uh, L- uh Lona's mother uh you are steel rose and uh her opponent cobra son in like what's uh, like a title defense that looks to be like one of the biggest matches of like her career um uh, like against an old rival um and she's accidentally uh like killed in the ring as a result of like a botched uh like Top rope. I'm trying. I'm trying to say what I think the move is. Like they say, it's like a what? What do they call it? They call it like the setting sun, sun, or something. Yeah. Um. um I need to. Yeah. Top now. rope setting sun. Because it, it, I I thought for a second that it was just going to be like some sort of top rope uh, power bomb, um, but it looks like some sort of top rope pile driver um like which i mean that that's that's a move that's going to kill like even if you don't slip
1: like <laughs> you're going to end up, up
3: with some like you're going to end up with like a styles clash level of broken necks um but yeah so uh, Yua dies as a result of like a, an accident in the match, and um, her daughter Lona, like, e- like, as as a result of this kind of, becomes estranged from uh, from her father, and like we skip ten years as she's training to be a wrestler, as it's like her only. Real sort of connection with her, like with her, her mom, and especially after the kind of distancing from her father. Like, she, but she can't find anyone willing to train her after her dad um, has kind of shied everyone away from it. It's, Starts off interesting. It's like she's, you know, she's she's out trying to find a trainer. There's someone in the background who's been watching her, and we're like, oh, is this person going to come and be her trainer? And it's like, oh no, this person's a mad, like, is a an, some sort of magic electric wrestling necromancer um, who actually takes her to wrestling mortal combat <coughs> um, with the with the prize. Uh, being, obviously, that she could resurrect uh, her mother. Um, Zach. Yes. The DLPW title belt. Yes. Best belt. Um,
0: the one at the end? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It's um, a pretty sick belt. It's,
3: <sighs> yeah, it's just pretty sweet. I, I don't yeah. know what to tell you, it looks like a like it. It looks like um, a partial face mask that that someone would wear
0: um, it, in wrestling. Got
3: that, like uh, Shingo Takage kind of. Yes. dragon mask. Remember the the actual name of those type of masks um, that would often be part of like a Kabuto.
0: Yeah, there's a name. I, don't, I just can't remember what it is. Uh, but yeah.
3: Um, This is a really gorgeous book.
0: Yeah, I am. Daniel Warren Johnson's art has always been pretty awesome. And um, Extremity and Murder Falcon, I thought were pretty great. Mm. So I was quite looking forward to this. I'm, you know, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth is also available. Uh, No, it, it is also good. It's just. I like it less than those other two. Um, But his, his art is really good I think That sounds really dumb and stupid To just be like yeah it's, it's, it's real good But I think <laughs> this kind of His style is so Recognisable and yeah. He makes everything quite over The top but in a way that It works for wrestling though. Yeah it always hmm. suits So it suits this it's in Murder Falcon Where everything's really heavy metal It really works yeah. for
3: that he's good at things where the genre thrives on like the, the topic he's handling thrives on that overtop over the topness that is already so ludicrous in of itself definitely yeah i
2: think there's just a, just the right level of like cartoon elasticity to mm. people when they're getting like chucked around and punched that it it adds to all the weight of the hits, Yeah. but never feels
3: never feels unrealistic. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and also like a number of the 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 moves, like there's a great part where a wrestler does like uh like a falcon arrow mm. um to uh, to Lona, and it is distinctively a falcon arrow like yeah. you can look at the the stages of it
0: yeah and, and even if broken down into like three panels it still
3: makes sense yeah you can look at it and go yeah that looks like a falcon arrow um and, and and yeah there's a few little things like that 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 are like things where it's gone okay this person's thought about how to how to show wrestling
2: hmm I agree. Well, as you'll as you'll know, and probably our listeners will know, um, every time you talk about it, I have little to no interest in wrestling. Um, but uh, I wouldn't let any I wouldn't let that put anybody off this book because I think the family elements of it and the emotional beats uh, are what I liked about this book, and I think all the all of the drama and stuff in the ring is, is drawn excellently and is really like fun to read through. But the bits that carried me along was the kind of the family drama and then ultimately yeah. the sort of supernatural twist ending. that mm-hmm. um, hopefully we'll take it to like different places. But if it didn't have that, I'd still be into the uh, mother daughter relationship and uh, like you say, the the sort of severed connection with her father and the old trainer, and I was into all, all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with. I know very little about wrestling, other than that it is a thing that exists. Um, but I thought this was really good because it does play more on the family relationships, like the daughter wanting to avenge her mother in a weird kind of way, and also. You know the character names alone. Um, yeah, <laughs> just I mean that that the creepy guy Willard Necroton. You know, he's a necromancer kind of a guy. Um, I just love that. I think that's the best name that we've had probably this week. Um, but yeah, no, it was really good. I'm I'm going to go with the lettering because go with what you know. So Russ Watton is a good letterer. And he mm. does good work here also. And Mike Spicer does good colours also, because he's mm. been around a bit. Um, but no, so the art is good. Come for the family drama, stay for the nice little drawn wrestling action scenes. Um also the fact her uncle is Uncle Blood just
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah um but no it it was despite the fact like will says don't let the fact that if you don't know anything about wrestling put you off because it is just a good book regardless of the theme
3: absolutely um zach question do you think do you remember that sign um that someone had once it's a famous one which is hey do you remember when the undertaker could shoot lightning yeah yeah um Do you think that's why the necromancer in this is is covered in electricity? Because the Undertaker used to be able to shoot lightning.
0: Probably. I think there's definitely that supernatural influence of the... Shooting lightning, teleporting—it's
3: <laughs> just. I mean, at <laughs> some sh- point, yeah. Stick for the,
0: under- t- at so, for a, the At
3: under- some t- point, t- we're going to have that thing where he where he levitates out through a, through a television, a um, and then goes off, uh, like goes up into the ceiling, and then Leslie Nielsen, um, has to help like find him after he goes missing for a summer, and there's a fake, uh, Willard Necrotom, um, who like works for. Ted DiBiase now.
0: I think this is only a limited run, but yeah,
3: yeah. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, all of that. Oh, and he's gonna like, uh, someone's gonna be in like a, a limousine, and he's gonna roll down like a, a win, that, like the window between or the or driver's cab, and it'll be just like, where to, Stefan <laughs> Which is my favorite thing in wrestling. That's like one of the best moments. Um, it's so dumb. I I wouldn't have put that down as
0: one of my favourites. No, it's not in my top ten.
3: It's it's in my top... It's in my top ten, like, dumb moments. Well, the most important moments in many ways. Yeah, exactly. Most wrestling moments are dumb moments, I guess. (laughs) Um, Definitively, yeah. But, yeah, good book. Yeah,
0: I wasn't particularly expecting the supernatural twist. um, No.
3: But I'll take it. (laughs) Um like delete this if you think it's just a total spoiler, but Cobrason's obviously her dad, right? Maybe. Could like be. Mm. Her dad didn't look that jacked though. No, but he is wearing a coat and he does he isn't <laughs> out with them in the crowd.
1: He's hiding himself under his coat.
3: Yeah, it's like
2: it isn't yeah. it isn't i mean- I'd, I'd considered to be honest
1: no i I have to say i didn't go there
3: i immediately went there
1: i mean if someone's wearing a coat and actually they're wearing a coat because they're ripped does that mean columbo is like the
3: most
1: most jacked
3: man in the world
2: i mean it's possible possible you've got a little bit of wishful headcanon going on there that's
3: (laughs) why like that that, that's why he gets answers out of everyone because he just like goes they're 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 secretly just intimidate intimidated by the fact that like. Fucking hench Peter Falk um is in that uh, is in their house. He's just like, just one more thing, he says as his abs ripple. <laughs> I'm
0: suddenly getting a glimpse into Matt's Columbo fanfic.
3: Um, yeah. It's an interesting I like point, it? I oh, agree sure, sure. Yeah, it. my 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 wife, she loves the biceps. <laughs> As
2: long as you don't bring the dog into it, it'll be fine.
3: I was about to make a, do- a joke about the dog. But like, <laughs> Stay away just, from and that. Then, no, then I was thinking about the fact that he's like, that time when he tells the dog to watch the car and he says, and if you do a good job, you'll get another cookie when I get back. And if you don't do a good job, you'll still get another cookie because I love you. I love that dog. That's just great television. Yeah, it's Columbo's great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just so like this comic book
1: <laughs> dual
3: power Bob, watch Columbo <laughs> <laughs>
2: Columbo is great
1: yeah so true
2: um, I don't know what's happening uh, But no, I think, I think
1: but Daniel was,
3: Warren
2: <laughs> like Daniel Warren
3: Johnson is the breakout is. star of another book Columbo is the breakout star of dual a power
2: Bob. <laughs> <laughs> without doubt um Daniel Warren Johnson I think has got to that point where he is worth following around um, rather than characters or whatever and I hope he continues to do these kind of mini-series with different ideas and doesn't get too bogged down with you know like mainline stuff
3: yeah
1: Yep.
2: Um, the next book is my book I guess (laughs) and um yeah. All right. It's a tricky one to describe. It appears to be a book about a group of um, university students effectively creating mind control through what appears to be the use of, of an app and becoming billionaires and then murdering somebody. But it's one of those stories where you kind of get the the punchline at the beginning and then it starts to work you back through how you got there. So, um Is Ben Sharp, you see I mean?
1: I assume main guy, he? He was yeah. the main guy. You can see how so, well this is by the character list I made and how detailed and obvious it is. <laughs> with yeah. the question so, marks.
2: Ben Sharp has uh, apparently been arrested for killing his investor and um, it, it intimates that perhaps he was under some sort of mind control when that, that took place. And then we wind backwards to... Him and his two buddies probably have names.
1: Josiah is possibly one of them. Cool yeah, beans.
0: Josiah and. Uh, I know this. Kashal. 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 Good yeah, work. I know things. You know nice. a thing or two. I'm gonna cut that out and put that in throughout the episode as well. <laughs> Just, you know
2: I things. know things. <laughs> um, But the plot hangs on the fact that uh, Ben needs kind of one more test credit in order to graduate and uh, manages to find somebody to let him in the university building to take this test credit. And it turns out to be a kind of basic psychology test, um, measuring a random selection of lights and sounds of which one combination may or may not make you do things. And through that test, they think they've sort of found this combination. and. I guess, you know, it's going to lead on to eventually him killing a man. (laughs) Let's uh, figure out what happens between then and the beginning or the end.
1: The end of the beginning. beginning It's a tough
2: book to describe. It is, isn't it? Um, I think it starts without having too clear a plot. Um but I really like the art. Um I think that it was pretty much enough to carry me through this book. Uh it's got a sort of partly partly painted, partly sort of heavy silhouette and um almost like is it David Mack? Um like he's sort of scratched in lines into into colours,
0: yes, sometimes. Do you know what I
2: mean? There's like big, like mm-hmm. expressions around people's heads or things like that, where it's um, sort of scratched out. And I think it's a kind of quite unique art style, or at least one that you don't see very often.
1: Did we get the creative team at
2: the top there? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. We didn't get any of that. It's written by Zach Kaplan. It's arted by John Pearson. It's lettered by Angela.
1: Hassan Mainalahu.
2: Thank you very much. And it's published by Vault. Um So yeah, I, I quite mixed feelings not about this book. Not valuing as I thought. Not, <laughs> not valid as originally thought. <laughs> um, I guess I kind of struggled a little bit with the yeah the, the the kind of confusingness of what was going on maybe purposeful based on the fact it's all about mind control and junk um but I really enjoyed the art in this one and uh for a first issue at least that's enough to to get me interested in in another one
1: yeah it 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 It's like a journey through someone's consciousness because it it is basically you start off and you think, oh, this guy's talking about a murder. And then you go back and he's like, no, I'll take you back to the very beginning. And you start off with them pitching like their app and the Silicon Valley investors are like, nope. And then he talks about his family and being a high achiever, but he's not really a high achiever and having to get all these credits and desperately trying to find a ta who will um supervise this experiment and finally he finds one and yeah it it, i had to read it a couple of times because it (laughs) it sort of doesn't make a huge amount of sense but there's all kinds of sort of (laughs) thoughts about the nature of technology and technology startups and identity and how the mind works it's a bit it's quite deep um Mm. but the art is probably the bigger selling point. I mean, the art works for that weird stream of consciousness idea because um, the plot. There is a. Mur- it is basically a murder plot, but it's not a murder plot. It's something beyond murder. It's beyond in the mind, in the mind's eye. Um, but it is really the art that sort of stands out. It's like that whole bit where he's describing about how his parents actually split up when he was five, but because they had a successful mm, real estate yeah. business, they stayed together and that whole sort of double page of all the sort of little snapshots of the family. Um, but yeah, it's I, I, I think I liked it, but I, I don't understand it. Um, and because it, it, I will say it's got the best lettering um of the books but that's because i'm biased um but yeah it's it's the mind weird yeah
0: (laughs) i uh disagree (laughs) uh i i just think there are a lot of this book at the moment and cool sure um but on the other hand like we had i don't know what the book was called which i admit is an issue but like not long ago we we read a aftershock book that was about a kid celebrity thing that
3: oh yeah the one with like the mitochondrial uh computing yes yeah yeah whatever that was and i think there was a book not mitochondrial um, myco. um yeah like it was it was it was mica, my, uh, myconoid not mitochondrial my myconoid it was mushroom
1: that yes. was,
2: it,
0: it was the yeah, mushrooms yeah. um but we've had things like that about kind of the dangers of social media and celebrity and we've had uh i want to say it was called something like coming to me or something like that which i think was similar i feel like we've just had yeah. a lot of books that touch on that kind of idea of social media bad f- followers on twitter um <laughs> and i think we've had I, I disagree i think a lot of books look exactly like this right now i think uh anand rk on blue and green green and blue Green and blue, black and green. Green looks like this. I think um, Department of Truth is this, if this was folded. This could be an arc in Department of Truth, and I don't think I would bat an eyelid at it. And I don't know. I think I kind of checked out on this quite early because it comes across as a book that's trying to be very, very intelligent in what it does but he's kind of overestimating overestimating how unique it is in what it does. I think there's quite a lot of this commentary being done, and I don't think it screams as being too, too unique at the moment. I think there's quite a lot of this stuff right now.
1: It is maybe, a bit, maybe I'm wrong. It is a bit kind of posy cerebralism. Like, look how clever we are to write a book about the mind. No one's done that before. Let us delve deep into consciousness and, you know, lay it all out for you. It does feel a little bit like, look how clever we are at points.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think criticizing anything in comics for kind of being like other stuff is always a bit tricky because everything's narrowed into like various sort of subgenres. I mean, we've got two high fancy books this month and
1: they're completely
2: uh, different uh, (laughs) 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 um but i actually i take on board as you say things like um blue and green you're right it does it it has a a very similar kind of look to that i've not read any of department of truth um Mm. but to be fair if it looks like this i would be excited to read it um i think there have been other stuff like this like mind mgmt um Yes, but I guess I'm just a bit of a sucker for this kind of commentary like I think um, I think it it is kind of reflective of the world and Mm. um, I don't know one of the one of the kind of major current events that I think science fiction often reflects its time era and I think this is just one of those one of those Mm. things but yeah, I'm down, down for
3: it. Yeah, I remember um, once listening to a guy talking about it, he could tell you, like, down, it was something like down to the year. Uh, it was like, I think it was on Radio 4 once uh, ago, he could tell you down to the year when a science fiction novel was written um, based on, like, speculative, let's say a speculative fiction novel generally uh, was written based on, um, the subject matter, um, because of what were the fears or hopes, um, of the, of the people, um, around that time. And I, I think it is very much in the zeitgeist at the moment. I don't consider it, I don't consider it being trend chasing in the way that I would think of like a, as the sort of 2000, late 2000s, early 2010s zombie books. Um, But I think it's something that is just generally on people's minds a lot now, and is a topic that needs discussion and exploration um, about how the the influence that social media has is like a it's a two-way street like the arrow that that it has input and output like it affects you affect it as a user but it does rewire your brain Mm. um there's a lot to explore with that idea but I admittedly was thinking a lot about the Venture Brothers episode where they create God gas um,
1: <laughs>
3: and uh, ac- accidentally basically like it's it's mind control gas. Um, but they accidentally like create uh, religion in these mice um, by dosing them up with it. And there's a scene where a mouse is being crucified. <laughs> Um, by the other mice whilst like three of the mice in like a typical sort of first century dress are mourning at the bottom of a hill uh, it's a, oh, Da Vinci Brothers is great um, <laughs> but yeah I enjoyed this book well enough um, it's I, I think it if I, I, I think that if I'd been in a more cerebral mood when I read it and I did try to reread it, but I'm struggling with cerebral stuff at the moment. Um, cause of, yeah, just ow and also painkillers. Um, but it. It, 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 it's 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 i think it's better than I feel it is right now. Um and talking of who the art reminded me of, um I thought I think you're right with Mac, but I also thought about um Dave McKean um yeah. with uh, Arkham. Uh and like maybe the worst Grant Morrison book. Um mm-hmm. there's a there's, there's a base there's, to be had there. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of Grant Morrison books, some of which are bad. Uh, but Arkham Asylum Series House and Serious Earth is one of my least favorites. Um, but it reminded me of that and I I don't think I absorbed it all too well if I'm being absolutely honest. So I, I I'd feel bad saying too much more than that. Um so yeah that's um I think that's my thoughts fair play.
1: Ooh.
2: I think this one might be one that, that um proves itself in the long run or <clears throat> or doesn't <laughs> or just fails to kind of like pick up anything how they fill in the gaps between the the alleged murder and Like the point where they discover this sort of mind control will either be like, I don't know, a a fun sort of romp or could be just very like claggy, (laughs) claggy plot. Um, But I think for me anyway, I like the art enough that I will probably have a read of the second issue of this.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, that was that was the mind. Now let's move on to potions. <laughs> <laughs> there is no connection, right? So the last book is Potions Inc, published by Mad Cave. Uh, the writer is Eric Burnham. The artist is Stella Deere. The Flats were by Ian Tags. The Letters were by Micah Myers. The Editor was Erica Schultz. The Cover Artist was Natasha Alterichy. And the Book and Logo Designer was David Rias. <clears throat> so, Potions Inc. starts off, we open in the... <laughs> Go on, Zach. Well, I'm, I'm just really
0: confused that... Have... Uh, I'm just not confused, surprised Go. that the editor of this is Erica Schultz. And the, what was it, designer of one or the other the was Erica the... scenes. Yes. That
1: seems... The Erica's the take. That's like someone doing
0: two jobs under a fake name.
1: <laughs> you, Erica S. She just controls all of comics now. She's just in there. Uh, just look out for that name. And Yeah, and I did a double take as well, actually. Um... So, Potions Inc., we'll carry on. Potions Inc. opens with a little girl called Geneva, who is being told a story by her dad about a guy called Canavin Goras, um, who was a wizard who lived in another land and ended up, you know, being corrupted by power because that's what happens. Um, and then we switch from that um to now, you know, I did say that we had a really good name earlier, but here's another good name Randall Gast. Quatermuth Jones, who for the rest of this will be referred to as Ran because that's what everyone calls him. So Ran, his parents uh, run a potions ink. Uh, they run potions Inc. They run it on the market. They do potions. They do good potions. That's what they do. Uh, but Ran longs for more sort of, but he's a little bit unfocused, and he doesn't, you know, he's tried a few things, they've not worked out. So his parents suggest that he should get himself a good luck charm, um, because that will make everything better. So he chooses a good luck charm, he ends up in the market with him, his twin siblings, Steerer and Astrius, who are just, yeah, they're typical younger siblings. Um, and they're running the potions when Oh, no, their arch-rival, Ponsalina Arke. <laughs> the name's in this. The name's alone. I mean, we find out the dad's called um, Feldy Mayun later, which is, you know. Uh, but anyway, so Ponselina Arke recognises this good-luck charm that Ran has happened to found because it was just lying about his dad's workshop as actually an immensely powerful stone. She consults with sort of her dead grandfather ghost. Mm. Um, and promptly steals, uh, ran away. So the parents then task Ran and the twins with getting this back. That's basically the entire plot. Um, Spoilers. Um, But no, I actually really liked it. Um, It was a bit weird because you start off with Geneva and then you spend most of the rest of the issue with Ran and family and in that sort of medieval fantasy setting with potions and things. And it was like, well, what's the connection to the little girl? And gradually you're like, oh, yeah. And by the end of the book, it's quite obvious where the connection's going to be, um, which is nice. But no, I just, I just, I liked Rand. He's one of life's little losers until destiny comes knocking on the door. It's been done before. It, I mean, it's very similar in many regards to Be Worthy, I of owed him. But <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But there's a little bit of a twist at the end. Um, and I just enjoyed it. I like the ridiculous fantasy names. Um the art's quite fun, it's quite I wouldn't say necessarily cute, but yeah, it's not realistic per se, but it's you know, it fits with that. We've seen it a lot in other books at the moment where we've sort of got that light-hearted fantasy aesthetic. Um, such as beware the in <laughs> Uh but no, I I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. Um, I like the characters, I like the setup. Um, I think it was good. If you've read sort of the synopsis for the whole of what is going to be the first trade, basically Ram and the twins end up in nineteen ninety two in the modernish world um looking for this. Uh, because R.K. disappears off with this into another dimension, which happens to be this world. No doubt they'll meet up with Geneva. You kind of get that vibe. But I like that we have all this establishment first, um, and the Voltarises, which are the creatures that R.K. summons to kidnap Varan and grab the stone off him, um, are just really interesting little designs. So, yeah, in conclusion, I liked it. Who's next? She so was that good. No one else has anything to say. <laughs> I,
0: I can I can say words. I can I can do the I can do the words. Um, I I like this too. Yay! Thanks. I'll be back next week. Uh, no, I think it's it's a lot of setup, and I think next issue will be more interesting. Um, however, I I like the art. I. Was curious about this because Eric Burnham, well, he'd done some Turtles and Ah. some Ghostbusters and some Transformers and some IDW's. Um, Some
1: licensed properties,
0: (laughs) as they're known in the biz. Yeah, Um, I think his range of characters in this are all quite interesting, um, but quite classic fantasy. Ish characters, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like this could have afforded to be longer, so we saw some of where it was going to go. Because mm. I feel like
3: this is a lot of premise to lead into whatever comes next. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Um, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the dissenting view. I'm afraid. Dissenting uh, didn't do very much for me Thanks, well. uh, I, um, I think the art is like I think, I think you're right that it fits the setting but I didn't find it particularly inspiring or, or like exciting I think it is um, serviceable um, the one thing that struck me from the beginning is it's called Potions Inc and has almost nothing to do with potions I mean they the run family a potion business. shop. No, the I bet family they're not business. even incorporated.
1: The family <laughs> the business, big...
2: they run a potion shop that for about three pages and then never mention it again. One of the twins can do potions, but again, you don't learn like how they're made or anything like that. She just goes, I've got these potions I've made and they do everything and anything. Um also, yeah, coming into the kind of modernish world, it's 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 the same with um with your your take on uh on mindset, Zach, just in reverse. Like <laughs> it is just not for me this one. I, I feel like that. I've um I think if it's in your wheelhouse, I think it does a pretty good job of setting up it its version of this kind of story. Um But yeah, I just just sort of floated through this one and got to the end and thought, fine. That'll do.
3: <laughs> Matt, yeah, where you at? I didn't really click with this. Um, I there were one or two bits of the art I actually quite liked. There's an early page uh, in it that does uh, something quite nice with where it um, recreate. It's a kind of like fairy tale um, images, like the stories being told, Um, God I'm trying to remember the specific term. Um, But yeah, like these pages um, where like it's almost uh, scroll work and stuff like, are really nice, Um, really cool. rest of it didn't particularly click with me at all and i i'm not 100 percent sure why but it it just it, it just left me quite cold really um on it um though seeing the name um Ponsalina reminded me that um I did once play at a LARP, um, uh, like an 18th century pirate LARP, um, where I was the son of a, a like, a, of an aristocrat, uh, who was, a like, a, a captain in the, uh, British Navy. I played, a character called George Oscar Hercules Poncelby, um, and the name, and, uh, the yeah the name uh Ponsalina made me remember that quite fondly i was there in my little red coats uh, gear with my muskets <laughs> and stuff um it was a proper laugh sounds adorable. uh yeah it was very adorable mm-hmm. um so yeah that's my thoughts on potions inc i had a good time at a lot whereas whereas a red coat once
1: Fair enough. It probably is one of those. If it's your kind of thing, you'll like Absolutely. it. If it's not your kind of thing, you probably won't click with it. Which no. you know, because people have different tastes. Shocking user to love.
2: <laughs> yeah, high fantasies are funny. It has to strike quite a balance for, for me to to get over. I think some of its kind of core. Um sort of core tropes of, of fantasy yeah so some sometimes when it does something a bit kind of left field or a bit interesting with it which this c- could do but based on this one issue it feels like it's sort of just treading a treading a line that i'm not currently
3: that interested in pursuing hmm.
1: fair enough i'm following so, that line to the sunset
3: yeah. <laughs> so shall we do rankings uptown rankings Uh, who would like to go first oh shit I think I just volunteered myself
1: you did Um,
3: okay so I'm gonna be a little weird and say that I don't feel comfortable including mindset just because I don't think I actually like took it in very well Um, so I'd feel weird ranking it so it's going to be like a top three for me um and in number three is potions inc like i said, I just didn't click with this book uh there's a few points in it that i actually really quite liked but overall it, it's just not a map book at least not at the moment um second would be, uh, beware the eye of Odin. Um, it's, it's fun. It look, it, it's got some nice, uh, some nice art, like, you know, art good. Um, and as a big, big muscle guy who looks like an action figure with a, with a chain, with an anvil on the end, what, what's more to like as someone who's, who's had to help someone, uh, move and move like an anvil. Uh, before now like uh, and help them set up like a forge uh, somewhere. I can tell you anvils are heavy, um, so uh, you know I like that. If cartoons taught me anything, anvils are heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and in the one, do a powerbomb exclamation <laughs> mark. Um, to give it its full title It's, yeah, it's really fun um, I mean, I say it's really fun Someone's mum dies and then they're traumatised <laughs> By it and become estranged from the rest of their family <laughs> uh, but Oh, what it, fun Back to that, if you just take that out It's really fun um, There's some good wrestling in it The, like You can tell um, That, like Uh, that that Daniel Johnson, Warren Johnson, actually, like, is writing about something he's passionate about, Um, especially, like, his letter, kind of, his, like, uh, letter thing in the back where he talks about, kind of, discovering wrestling again, like, in 2018, um, with, like, New Japan and stuff, is something that I, that really adds to the book, for me, in that it, yeah just talks about a very relatable experience um that leads to something like this um and i yeah i i look forward to seeing more of this book cool beans
2: um i'll volunteer to go next if if no one yeah, minds by means, definitely. feel free mainly mainly because it's not going to be very different um unsurprisingly potions inc is my number four um i'm not going to go into too much more about that the sort of three and two are kind of much of a muchness i think um i'm probably going to put beware the eye of odin at three um it treads some of the same ground as potions inc but i just think the art's better Um, it seems to employ some more unusual bits of north norse mythology which is fun to see it's not the you know the the standard stuff um and i think that one could be quite fun i think the characters are good in that um but at second place i'm going to put mindset um i just i got on with the the uh the cerebral nature i suppose and i do like that art style um even if it's not as unique as i thought um but I agree that number one is do a power bomb. Um, despite my complete lack of interest in kind of real wrestling, um, I bought the emotional beats and the kind of family dramas and ties more in this book than any of the others. Um, the supernatural twist just kind of adds to adds to the the, the overall fun, um, and is more in my wheelhouse than just the wrestling itself. But the art's superb. And um, I think they were the best written characters. So, number one, do a power bomb. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, I can go next, unless you particularly want to, Angela.
1: Well, I'm going to be really unpopular, so you go next.
0: Ah, uh, that's what it is. Um, three and four, I don't know. It's kind of a choose-your-own three and four um, between... <laughs> To roll a dice, yeah. Um, between potions and mindset, I don't care much about either, for <laughs> for kind <laughs> of different reasons. I don't. I don't think either of them are bad. I just think neither of them are for me. Mm. And reading both of them felt like hard work. And considering how different they both are. That might be just my headspace at the moment, like Matt not taking in mindset, it might just be that both of them for me. Today wasn't their day, or yesterday, or whenever Whenever I read them that first time, whenever I read them again. Um, I think Potions Inc. is a decent setup for what could be a really interesting, like, reality-hopping fantasy book, but It kind of needs an issue two to get there. And I'm also concerned that it might only be a four-issue series. And if your plot starts in issue two, that's kind of... Not a lot of time to tell much story. Um, It's tight. I think mindset could get good as well. Um, I think the art is nice. And I think the premise isn't bad. I just... It's not for me right now. And I agree with what Matt said. I think it, it is important to talk about, you know... People being manipulated by social media and the internet and technology in general is, you know, not necessarily good for people all the time. And I think that is a very valid point. Um, I'm just not sure this first issue approaches those in the way that it needs to all the time. Um, also, one and two could change on a daily basis, but for the sake of today, uh, I'm going to say two is. Be where the eye of Odin. Um for largely the reasons I said earlier, I just think this is a good comic. Um I think it's dumb and dumb in all the right ways. I think Doug Wagner has a set has a tendency to get real ridiculous real fast. And when you've got an army of tiny little monsters stealing all of your shit, I think. <laughs> He, he's pretty committed to that bit. Um, I think it's going to get weird and probably dwell in a space not dissimilar from Barbaric. Um, but I think delusional woman who thinks she's a Valkyrie. Hey, maybe she is a Valkyrie. I don't know. Um, one-armed man swinging an anvil yeah, and curse.
3: <laughs> who are you to tell or anything? <laughs> um, I, I think
0: all three of them are have got good potential to be protagonist and to be enjoyable and in one um, do a power bomb is what Matt and Will have said, I can't believe I'm agreeing with them both, it feels dirty but
2: um, <laughs> Welcome to the Dirt Club <laughs> oh, I don't like that Rub dirt on ourselves comics
1: that's,
2: that's the symbol <laughs> that we make um, I'm glad this is an audio podcast
0: <laughs> I am a wrestling fan, as we have covered repeatedly um, in the last, like, year and a half or whatever. I think Daniel Warren Johnson represents wrestling in a way that feels more genuine than some other comics, if that makes sense. I think we've seen other wrestling comics the last few years. And whilst this kind of keeps the, you know, kayfabe alive um, a little bit more than some of the others, I think... That it feels like there's a lot of love in the wrestling elements and designing the titles to look like New Japan belts or fantasy New Japan belts are kind of cool to me. Um, I also think, yeah, the, the fantasy supernatural twist at the end is all the things I am into. I read that comic, don't know what it's called, it's somewhere. Is it called Backtrack, something like that? Backtrack, fast track, uh, about the race. Through time and space, where the winner gets a prize based on whatever they want. Because it's, you know. Cool. Uh, I'm, I'm just a big fan of anything where it's like, you know, duel the devil to get the thing competition. you competition.
3: Let me tell yeah. you about a little anime called Outlaw Star. Can we mute Matt, please?
2: <laughs> oh, good. He's muted himself. Um <laughs> she took his own bullet.
0: Solved
1: the problem. But,
0: big, big fan of that concept. And I think it's going to be interesting. It's immediately got me thinking of stuff like the Turtles mini series where they're doing wrestling in space. Um, I feel like we could end up going in a similar kind of direction with how weird it can get if it's, you know, necromancer Ooh, the,
3: wrestling. Or the Marvel 2-in-1, uh, where the Thing does wrestling in, in space. Also that, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is very similar, I realise
0: now. I think we've talked about this before, though, uh, on the Turtles episode. Uh, but all, all those reasons, I also think Danny Warren Johnson's art is, you know, great, and I think his writing, uh, as you guys have said, kind of, gets the emotion in the characters pretty fleshed out in no time at all. And that's not something all of these books does. So I think mm-hmm. good good things. Thank you,
2: good night.
1: Hooray. No night. No. Hello. I need <laughs> she just sending opinions. <laughs> seemed polite. So um the fourth I'm gonna go with mindset. Um it's interesting, but I was confused. Um, so ultimately, it was the book I was most confused by, and therefore, it's got to go with number four. It, it it is doing interesting things. The art is really interesting, but I would I think maybe I need to read more of it to understand what's going on and remember the names of Ben's friends, possibly. Um, yeah that that was, the characters were quite sketchily written we we spent a lot of time in Ben's head and I still don't understand him so there you go um number 3 I'm going to go with Potions, ink much as I loved it because yeah this is the niche I have discovered that I really enjoy which is just ridiculous fantasy um I, there's been there's been some really good stuff that we've had recently um based on that concept potions ink isn't the best of it but it's enjoyable there are you know there may not be potions much in it but i like the characters yeah there's not a lot to them they're very much fantasy type tropes again um but they have ridiculous names and that accounts for a lot so i liked it (laughs) And now here comes the controversy, because I'm gonna put do a do a power bomb at number two. Boo. Now, now no, I think no. <laughs> that's that's me. Really, like, I think it's the best written book. I think it's the best got the best emotional beats, it's got the best characterization, it's really solid, it's got good art. It probably is the best book. However, I just really like dumb things. (laughs) So, I mean, we have established this, that I have no taste at all. Um, I read 90s Valiant, we know this. Um, So for me, that's why Beware the Eye of Odin, I would have to put on number one, because I just really, really enjoyed it for the dumb ridiculousness that it is, here's a woman who thinks that a mouse, also it's called the Mouse of the Slain, is talking to her. Um, and she wears a cloak of feathers and goes around and rides a boar and says she's a Valkyrie. I mean, I'm really into that as a concept. You know, one-armed guy making his own weapon out of an anvil, very into that. Guy who's got, you know, time-limited quest, and he has to do these things, and his friends are tagging along, and he doesn't want to protect them. I mean, it's full of absolute dumb tropes, don't get me wrong, and it isn't, you know, sort of the best written, and the characters are basically ridiculous tropes. But I had a lot of fun with it. And although I enjoyed Do a Powerbomb, you know, somebody's mother dies. It's not a lighthearted book. And my mindset, mindset <laughs> at the moment, unintentional, <laughs> I'm sorry, is just that I'm leaning more towards I just want something that my brain can shut off and I can just enjoy pretty pictures of, you know, tiny little people stealing coins. And that was be- where the I have owed him. And that's really why I put it number one. Not because it's the best book, just because my brain likes to hug it mentally.
2: I think if it's your, yeah, I think that's all fair. There you go. Yeah. I think that's everything. Mm, yeah. Um,
0: an interesting month.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um Mainly because you agreed with Matt and Will.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't feel good. Uh, I I do really like Beware the Eye of Odin, and I'm probably going to carry on... I I am going to carry on reading it, so... Um, We have been Angela, Matt, Will and Zach, collectively, bigger than capes, and will continue to be. Um, We'll be back... Next week, the week after
1: We'll be back in the future You (laughs) decide
0: Yeah, we'll be back again for another episode Of whatever it is we want to talk about Comics, I guess Um, Maybe Could be Could Uh, be
3: Sabrina the Teenage Witch
0: (laughs) Could be Could be time for Salem's Lot Finally Um, I bet Matt You've not even started watching the
3: Netflix, Sabrina, yeah. No, why would would I? I can watch the old one where there's a cute himbo Harvey. (laughs) Yeah, there is that. He's so so nice. He really is. (laughs) (laughs) And Also, I bet Billy Gunn doesn't show up in the new one. You
0: know, not yet. And since it's been cancelled, I doubt it's going to happen yet. (laughs)
3: I'm
0: sure there are other
3: wrestlers who appeared in it. Kevin Nash. Yep, Kevin Nash. Not as Oz weirdly. Yeah, that's what's weird about it.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, remember that
3: <laughs> comics are. Sabrina Big the than Bigger than Kate. <laughs>
1: <laughs>